It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Cold. Six the time. It's a Tuesday. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, today's program going to be a little bit different on several different levels, several different kinds of topics, including something I had mentioned yesterday about showing you well, kids out there that'll give you a lot of hope. But hang on. Today's show is sponsored by Banana Scented Nose Hair Clippers. Clipping your nose hair never smelled so good. I actually want to find a pair of those. If it hasn't really been invented, I want to invent it. All right. On this first story especially, trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Now, this next thing I'm about to announce here is designed to drive certain people absolutely insane. And you're not going to hear a lot about this from the obsolete, irrelevant news press. Uh, Donald Trump has been nominated for a Nobel Prize. Yeah, I knew you would like that. Okay, hang on a second. I got to go back to exactly where I have. I've been having a problem... There we go. Okay, got it now. I've been having a bit of a problem. Fox News, I don't really use much anymore, especially when they started doing that thing where if you click on a story, you don't get the story. You have to go register your email address to see the story. And I sent a note to Fox News going, no, I'm not doing it anymore. The story (coughs) this morning initially popped up on Fox News. And then, of course, I couldn't see the story, so I had to go somewhere else. I'm looking at Yahoo News in order to be able to read it. Too bad for Fox. They need to fix that. But get a load of the the headline. Yahoo News can't let it go. They can't let Trump have something good. So here's their headline. Trump nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. Now, see, it, it should just stop right there. The headline should end right there. That's it. Trump nominated for Nobel Peace Prize, period. But they add to that. As he awaits decision on civil fraud trial. See, they have to throw that in because they can't do something that makes Trump look good, can they? No, so they'll throw that in. All right. The story says Donald Trump has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize by, of course, a Republican lawmaker. In recognition of the Abraham Accords, he signed an office as mission coming at a time of heightened tensions in the Middle East. As Mr. Trump, and it goes into... His fraud trial, they throw a paragraph in about his fraud trial. And then it continues with a second paragraph about more allegations against him. Then it talks about the Illinois Board of Elections 
and the problems he's having there. Okay, so th this is the entire story that was put up by Yahoo News, and the bulk of the story is bad things against Trump. They can't just say he was nominated for a Peace Prize. Now, of course, the congresswoman who nominated Trump, of course she's doing this because it's an election season and she wants to make Trump look good. And the press, it's interesting to watch these people, and the press can't do anything good for Trump, so they have to say something bad and make the bulk of the story bad things about Trump. Always entertaining just to sit back and watch this. Now, it was, in, I thought, really brilliant and funny to watch when Rush Limbaugh was still with us. Rush Limbaugh wanted to prove how the whole Nobel Prize thing had become just garbage, just a fraud. The number of people who have been nominated, not just nominated, but won Nobel Prizes. Just absolute garbage a lot of times meant to give somebody a good reputation and publicity over something, you know, climate change was one of them, but so many other just bogus things. So the whole, the whole Nobel thing, or I should say the vast majority of it, has become a fraud over the decades. In fact, I remember when I was first moving out to Wyoming, Obama, I was literally, I was on the road driving to Wyoming many years ago. And I had stopped at a hotel on the way just to get a few hours sleep. And when I woke up, it was really early in the morning. It was like 2 in the morning or so. I was trying to get finish my drive to Wyoming. And I turned on the television and there's news as I'm in my hotel room getting ready. And Obama had been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize and won. In fact, yeah, they gave him, I'm sorry, not nominated. They gave him the Nobel Peace Prize. When the Nobel Prize Committee was asked, why did Obama get a Nobel Peace Prize? He's only been in office like 11 days. And the answer was, we expect him to live up to it. Now, that's not Obama winning the Peace Prize. In fact, Jimmy Carter was given the Nobel Peace Prize. And when they asked, you might think, well, Carter tried to do a lot for peace. Yeah, but nothing that he ever did worked. But he was given the Nobel Peace Prize. And when the Peace Prize Committee was asked specifically why did Carter get the Nobel Peace Prize, the answer was to protest Bush's invasion of Iraq. Okay, Protesting Bush's invasion of Iraq is not Carter winning the prize for something Carter did. So that's fraudulent, too. But what Rush Limbaugh did to prove how fraudulent the whole process had been and can be, Rush Limbaugh got himself nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize and then ran it as a liner during his show, and he had legitimately been nominated. He knew a couple of people who were in a position to actually nominate people. Not that Limbaugh had any chance of winning, but he could be nominated legitimately. And so he was. And so Limbaugh would brag about that. Yep, I've been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, just to prove the point. All right, so in this case, here's a congresswoman nominating Trump for a Nobel Peace Prize. And what's hysterical about it, again, She's doing it to support her candidate for president. Whether you think it's legit or not, you know, that's why she did it. 
And then it's funny to watch the news media reaction to it. If they even mention it at all, most of them will not even mention it. But those who do bother to mention it will do what Yahoo News did. And they'll make the bulk of the article anything they can do to slam Trump. One sentence said he was nominated for it. The rest of the article is just to slam Trump. Just fun. From my position, just to sit back and watch all of this go on, and I always thought when I was a kid, adults were better than this. And then the more I grow up, the more I realize kids are much better than adults in so many cases. So, All right, so a couple of things today. A little bit later on this morning, Grover Norquist, 706 this morning, we're going to chat about how Congress is raising congressional spending. If you think Congress is bad when it comes to spending your money on garbage and putting us massively in debt, congressional spending in general is just a disaster. But then also this morning, something I mentioned yesterday, oftentimes I talk about Generation Z. A lot of people still say millennials. Millennials are adults now. They have houses and kids and all of that. Generation Z is the latest generation. And oftentimes I have really bad stories about them, which give you this idea that there's just no hope for the world. But every generation looks back at, looks at their kids and thinks we're doomed. And I can even read you passages from Greek philosophers who said that about the teenagers of the time. So we've always done that. And we've always hated the music of the younger generation. Every, every single generation does that. Although the current music today really does suck. But anyway, every generation does that. But what about the kids who are exceptional? The alpha kids. Because I did an entire program one time on how, raising alpha kids. And what's important about raising alpha kids? Well... I'll tell you about some of those alpha kids as the morning goes on. Do you know why they put bills on cows? Because their horns don't work. This program is intended for immature audiences only. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Twenty-three is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, oftentimes when I talk about young people, I bring up stuff like this. Amy, it says you are trained in technology. That's very good. Are you adept at Excel? No. PowerPoint? No. Publisher? Not really. Snapchat, Pinterest, Instagram, Vine, Twitter. You know, the big ones. I'm surprised you didn't say Facebook. old people like my parents <laughs> that's funny yeah well okay so there's that okay and then some of the other ones here let's go to 
Uh, Jenkins and the Boss. Jenkins! Yes, sir? Yes, sir? Uh, Jenkins, I'm not quite sure what I'm looking at here in our conference room. Uh, what did you fill all these bowls with? Where are the snacks? Well, sir, this meeting is with our millennial interns, right? Well, yes. Snacking on coffee and donuts is so old school, sir. Oh, right. I remember when we switched to lattes and organic tofu. Sir, that is so last week. This is the new generation. New trends. Gotta keep up with the times. Well, I guess those look tasty. Let's see what these kids are into these days. Well, sir, what do you think? <coughs> Tastes like laundry soap. Exactly. What? So, um, you've heard all those bits before. If you're regular to this program, you get the idea. That's often the time, the, the way we talk about younger generations, right? And then to show yesterday the kids who went to the Louvre and tossed some soup at the Mona Lisa protesters, you get the idea they're all this way. Well, they're not. A lot of great kids out there. I was, uh, there was a, uh, you know, the Bear Trap Music Festival we have here in Wyoming. And I was put in charge of something, which you know right away if I'm put in charge in something, somebody made a bad decision. And I was in charge of the bouncy houses where the kids can go and play games and so on. And I got there early in the morning and I had inflated a bunch of them. And I, we weren't really open for business yet. And camping there on site for the music festival, this young girl comes up and she sees that one of them is just just for bouncing around, that's all. She walked up to me and said, sir. She opened with sir. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, sir, can I please? Oh, my Lord, can I please? And she just wanted to go play on the bouncy house. There's nobody else here. And I said, absolutely. And every so often, I'd look over to see how she was doing. And she was just having fun in her own world, just bouncing all over the place, playing games and making up things and so on. She, she was great. And then when she left, she made a point to walk over by me and say, thank you. Huh? Okay. So I started looking for young people like that. Now, the first thing I had to get rid of as I started a search yesterday was right away to show outstanding young people. Well, they fight for social justice. Okay. You can't even define what social justice is. So forget that. Instead, I started looking for really outstanding things like this. What about the National Gallery for Young Inventors? Yeah, and there's a whole bunch here that go all the way back. So this was an award ceremony. There's a lot of people in here, but let's just take a look at, let's see. Nah, I clicked on something, but right away it brought me to like a, a comic book that the kids can look at, and I don't want to do that. See, I'm going to go to Edward here. Edward, heat energy recovery system conserves a home's energy by recycling the heat in water from showers and baths and clothes and dishwashers. This is done by pumping heat from the used hot water to a freshwater reservoir. The inventor incorporated microprocessing to monitor the water's temperature. He's 17 years old. So you see, th this is part of what I'm talking about here. Here are young people achieving great things. I got lists of this. 
let's see, the Rocket Boys. Again, these are teenagers here. And it talks about, oh, th- these. Uh, this goes back quite a bit. This is, well, based on the movie October Sky, if you ever thought about that. But this is young boys who started uh, working with rockets that eventually got the attention of NASA is essentially what's going on. I got loads and loads of this. Let me see. Uh, Anne is this young lady's name. And she worked with sulfur dioxide to produce various industrial processes at refineries and paper mills to make them not so polluting, which recycling paper is highly pollutive. But instead, she found a cost-effective way to do it that doesn't pollute so much. She's 16 years old. Just a few of the young people I found. I got more for you. Coming up on... Let's see, local news, right after local news update on your weather forecast. Then I got a few more of these kids. Wake up, Wyoming. Covering world-ending catastrophes for years to come. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Find content, chat live, and listen on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Thirty-six at the time. It's wake up my own So okay, I'm kind of going through here some outstanding young people that are worth looking at, and the reason that I'm doing this is because we have well so much bad news about young people. You just have this idea we're just totally screwed. There's just no there's no good kids out there. Actually, there's a lot, but they don't get a lot of attention. Joseph, we have to go to Vero Beach, Florida. Beautiful town, by the way, on the Gulf, I'm sorry, on the uh, Atlantic coast of Florida. Joseph and his brother William, twins, their invention helps blind and visually impaired people. They have a program that automatically reads any text on the computer or the scanner with the touch of a single button and recognizes about 10,000 full words and reads text and speech inflections as well not just it doesn't just do it cold it has inflections in it and and it bases it on punctuation marks and so on so it's a more advanced system than anything you've ever heard and they were both 18 years old when they did this okay alexandria new hyde park new york 17 years old he has a process for Microscopic control of extended neuroscopic fluorine structures. Really? <laughs> I can barely even read that. And he's 17 years old. Okay. Through an original computer simulation, he designed and wrote and successfully tested a process for the rapid construction of neuroscopic components through the application of a physics phenomenon known as pattern granular motion and again most of us i'm reading this and most of us are going what and he's 17 years old and doing this i should do that with my program it come up with you know uh, a garbage man is often called a sanitation engineer what do you do for a living let's go ahead and give it a name that really sounds great I have no idea what to call what I do, but I can come up with something that sounds better than what I am. Okay. Richard, 
19 years old, has a device designed for use by people who swim laps in pool. The Lapatron automatically counts laps, times, and displays data for the underwater swimmers so they can see underwater how many laps and what their time is as they swim. The device is especially useful for a swim team competitors. So imagine as you swim, you don't have to guess about how good you're doing. You know. Also 17 years old, Fort Wayne, Indiana, is Jeffrey. He has an auto tracking system. Is an efficient angular amplitude-based tracking system. Unlike most tracking systems, which use phase and time differences between two or more arrays of microphones, Jeffrey's device works on the principle that if one changes the angle of a microphone, one will get a different amplitude or output. I can tell you that because I work in audio all my life. That's true. In other words, one can change the sound that a tracking system listens to, thus eliminating echoes and unwanted sounds. So he came up with a audio invention to improve audio quality. All right. Again, Fort Wayne, Indiana, 17 years old. So you see where I'm going with it. Now, I've got a lot more to go. I have a lot more kids than just this. I'm just scratching the surface on this. But these are young people who've left the drama behind. They're not spending all of their time posting on all sorts of social media, which is not to say that they don't. But they spend most of their time creating. These are smart, productive kids who are doing something with their lives at a very young age. And these are truly the future of America kind of kids and the future of our world. These young, bright inventors. These are the kind of people that we need to encourage and not just to get them to continue to invent or create, but to get them in leadership positions. Now, oftentimes when I say leadership positions, somebody right away means, oh, like government? Uh, well, some should, yeah, but most of them, the best leadership positions are not in government, but are running businesses. Because those businesses that they run will employ the rest of us. So I have a whole list. As I, We do other things this morning. There's other things I'm going to talk about. But I'll continue going through this list of just really outstanding young people of our time who don't get a whole lot of publicity. I mean, if one of these kids had done something really horrible, they're going to be all over the news. Of course they are. Because that's what the news is. If it bleeds, it leads, right? But then there's all of these other kids who are doing incredible things that will affect the rest of our lives, all of us. And we've never heard of them. In the last 11 years, 115 people died of weightlifting accidents in a gym. And that same 11 years, only one person died of eating a donut. Make good choices, people. The only show broadcasting from a bunker under Devil's Tower. Hey, it's cold out here. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, 6 a.m. weekdays on AM 1030 and FM 95.1. is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off to the icebox. We go Frank Gambino waiting by. Uh, Frank, I'm going to just totally destroy your world when it comes to people in movies doing some really cool things. Well, what have they been okay. doing? Well, one, the cool thing is doing a movie. <laughs> Let's say there's a young man. I was just watching this. A young man who is supposed to be a child prodigy at playing the piano. 
Unfortunately, the kid who was the actor for The Prodigy doesn't actually know how to play piano. So what they do is they shoot a camera angle where they have fake sleeves. There's a kid (laughs) who can really play the piano who put his hands up through the sleeves and they set the camera angle upright to make it look like it was his hands as he played. Oh. Okay. The scene from the movie Deliverance, the kid playing the banjo, he couldn't play the banjo <clears throat> at all. And some no. other guy had the same yeah. same thing. Yeah. So you do so, see, so I guess the guy came from behind him or yes, something. Yes, from behind him, fake sleeves. <laughs> yeah. And the proper camera angle so you can't tell and it looks like the kids playing the banjo and of course. And I think the silliest one they ever did. There's one of the Star Trek movies. You see Captain Picard playing a reed flute. But they have a close up of him doing it. Right. The hands were not his. <laughs> he was just blowing into the flute. Somebody else's hands were playing. <laughs> Boy, talk about theater of the mind yes. here. You know? Oh, my Lord. Now, I think one of the funniest ones, though, is from the TV show Seinfeld. He was dating a woman who he really liked, but she had, like, big man hands. Mm-hmm. And so they're having dinner at a restaurant, and she grabs his beer bottle and pops it open for him. Of course, this is a hand double, you know. Uh, she grabs the lobster and just crushes it with her bare hands. <laughs> He's really trying to like this girl, but she's got bigger, more powerful hands than him, and it's just driving him nuts. But through the whole episode, every time they shot her doing something, they had to use a hand double and ca- clever camera angles. Well, the, the hand double was probably somebody <clears throat> big. Yeah, strong. really big, strong football player like <laughs> guy. You know, like you know, like The Rock or something. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's a lot of double stand-ins okay. that you thought that was real, but not so real. Men's college basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys take their show on the road to meet the Air Force down in Colorado Springs. The focus is coming off that remarkable come-from-behind win over Colorado State on Saturday in Laramie, 79-76 in overtime. They trailed by 11 with just over a minute and change to go and tied the game thing and sent it into overtime and tied the game right at the buzzer in regulation. So Wyoming is 11-9 overall, 4-3 at Mountain West play. Air Force comes in at 8-11. They've lost 6-7 of seven league games. That's a 7 p.m. start from the Academy tonight. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls have a huge game tomorrow in Las Vegas meeting UNLV. The Cowgirls are 7-1 in Mountain West play and 12-7 overall, riding a three-game win streak after their big Rogan over Fresno State on Saturday. UNLV may in fact be the best team Wyoming will be playing this season. They're 7-1 in league play and 17-2 overall, and the Rebels are the defending Mountain West champs. 7.30 start tomorrow from Vegas. Boys high school basketball from over the weekend, first down Friday, and the Trona got by Sheridan. 68-64. Rock Springs at Skelly Walsh, 46-44. Cheyenne Central, the top-rated team in 4A, beat Cheyenne East, 65-58. In 3A, Glen Rock over Newcastle, 45-39. And in 1A, Dubois over Midwest, 71-51. On Saturday in boys' play, Cody handed Natrona their first loss of the season. So the Mustangs are 12-1. The final in that game was 56-35. In 3A, Douglas Big over Glen Rock, 74-33. In 2A, Lingle, the number-one rated team, lost to Pine Bluffs, 57-54. Midwest losing to 
Upton 84-23 and KC losing to Wright 81-26. National Football League, the Super Bowl will be coming up on February 11th in Las Vegas. The San Francisco will take on Kansas City. There will be one former Wyoming Cowboy in the game, and that's San Francisco defensive back Deshaun Gibson. He played in the NFL for 12 years and finally playing in the Super Bowl. And Gibson had a forced fumble in that NFC Championship game, win over Detroit, and six tackles in that game versus the Lions. He's played with five different NFL teams and played with the Wyoming Cowboys from 2008 through 2011. Plus, he was an undrafted free agent. Few Casper High School athletes recently have signed college letters of intent. Kelly Wall State champion tennis player Taylor Noakes signing with Colorado Mason. KW All-Star All-State soccer player Parker O'Neill signing with Casper College. And the Trona track athlete and defending state indoor champion in the long jump, Bridger Anderson, has signed with Black Hill State in South Dakota. That's it in sports. So, wait a second. What's this guy's name again? Tashawn Kipson. Okay, and which team? San Francisco. Okay, so we can root for him. Yes, we okay. can. And yes, we should. Yeah, what number? 31, 33, okay. something like that. Okay, so we just got to find out where exactly he's on. He's on defense. He's on you know, defense. You know, covers okay. people who are trying to catch passes. Okay, and then just keep an eye on him keep the whole game. Keep an eye on him, yeah. Yeah, okay. He had a really nice interview with him on TV. It's like he just, yep. And he had been to previous, uh, you know, conference championship games and had lost them. Right. Now he's making the big show. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So after this, he can just retire. Well, he's done it. Yeah, if, if he wins, he can say, you know what, I'm done. Yeah. Then again, yeah. he goes like, you know what, I can play another I th- I couple I think more I'll years. do that again. Yeah. yeah. Why not? All right. Thank you, Frank. It's coming up on some local business. News time. Weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Tuesday, so roll through it. Which, something special today. Throughout the program, I'm going to be dropping in just some extraordinary young people because you hear nothing but bad things about young people as if we're just absolutely doomed. The next generation is just completely hopeless. Well, not true. Today's show is sponsored by banana scented nose hair clippers. Clipping your nose hair never smelled so good. So I, I might have to get a pair of those. Okay, so uh, if all works out well here, we'll get Grover Norquist on. He's from Americans for Tax Reform. Because when we think about the spending that Congress does, which of course is always outlandish and outrageous, we oftentimes don't think about how much spending Congress does on themselves. Morning, Grover. Good morning. So when I take, I'm constantly complaining like everybody else about both political parties because none of them, as far as I'm concerned, can take the high ground when it comes to spending. But we often have to take a look at not just what they spend on outside of Congress, but what they spend inside of Congress. Uh, Yes. Uh, There, okay, some New ideas are pretty stupid because they've never been tried before and people don't know they're stupid. Uh, What we have here is a very old idea that's stupid, and we've had decades of knowing that it doesn't accomplish what it's supposed to. This is Mitt Romney's legislation in the Senate, and there's legislation in the House, 
to set up a commission. Uh, so, you know, Congress is supposed to sit down and decide to reduce the budget if there's a, you know, too much spending, which is what they should be doing. Uh, but they, they go, well, we can't do that. So we'll set up a commission which will come up with something, and then they're going to be so proud of what they do that they rush it through without going through committee, without looking at it, <clears throat> without giving people time to focus on it uh, and get it passed. Oh, and we need $12 million in taxpayer dollars to help advertise and, and educate the American people on why the tax increases that we recommend are such a good idea. Um, so not only are they going to, in secret, create this, uh, it's supposed to be tax increases and budget cuts, but if you have a certain age, you remember that they went to Reagan and said, we'll give you $3 of tax uh, spending cuts for every $1 of tax increase. Uh, and Reagan got jammed because even Bob Dole, as you mentioned, some Republicans are not particularly good on keeping taxes down. Bob Dole wanted the tax hike. And what happened is taxes were raised, and those not only was spending not raised, spending increased more rapidly after that deal than before and then was expected. Eight years later, they went to George Herbert Walker Bush and said, you're a cheaper date. We'll give you two imaginary dollars of spending cuts for every dollar tax increase. And he took it. Dick Darman was the genius at the time, explaining what a good deal this was. Um, and then we got the tax increase and no spending cuts. And when Obama was trying to push the same thing, luckily by then, enough people had taken the taxpayer protection pledge that Americans for tax reform shares with people that the Republicans said, we're not raising taxes, period, it's not happening. And the other team came and they whined and they yelled and all sorts of things. Uh, and they were quite certain the Republicans were fold, would fold because they had uh, back in the 80s, before the, the pledge, before people had publicly committed to never raise taxes. But the Republicans didn't. But what they wanted, here was their final deal. Because I ran into Senator uh, Kerry, Senator from Massachusetts, who was running this super commission thing to come up with a deal. And he said, Grover, we're very close. Here's what we need. 1.4 trillion in higher taxes. And on the spending side, more spending of 200 billion. Oh. So the deal was 1.4 <laughs> trillion in higher taxes, 200 billion in more spending, no spending cuts, no spending cuts at all. Mm -hmm. And of course the Republicans refused that. We got the sequester and actually got the spending level dropped uh, from what Obama wanted it to be by $2 trillion over a decade. Uh, we need more, but that was a good start. Uh, and But the whole idea of the commission is to not let people say, excuse me, I've taken the pledge, I'm not voting for anything like this. They want to take it over, sell it with government advertising. This is a great idea, we're going to do this, and, and make it sound like there's a bunch of savings involved with this, uh, and then spring it on people and have a vote. And the, and the, the commission's going to come up with quickie rules about how to not go through committee, you know, so ways and means where any tax increase would be stopped. The Republicans run it. They've all taken the pledge. That's never happening. Uh, they, they, this is to get it out and around the one place the Republicans have a veto on tax increases, which is the House of Representatives. It is a truly bad idea that has always worked poorly. And uh, Mr. Romney should do something else with his time. Yeah, but this is the same Congress that when we do actually have some kind of even 
if it's somewhat of a 1% cut in anything, they scream like we've just slit their wrists. Yes, yes. It's good to go for a big cut because uh, here's, here's the cheerfulness. During the Trump administration, the, they said for Obamacare and Medicaid, uh, they said something that says, we will block grant that to the states. So we're going to get, you know, the feds won't have a, you know, tell you how to do things. What did you get last year? You get that much. And it won't grow any faster than inflation, which it has been growing faster. So this actually bends the cost curve down decades into the future, saves trillions of dollars, uh, and allows 50 states to say, uh, we're going to do it this way. And by the way, maybe you have to be a citizen to get this, or maybe you have to be trying to work somehow to get it. Um, so, but then we're going to have it be transparent so we can see who's walking away with the money. When we did that with welfare, it was Clinton who signed that bill, Republican House, Republican Senate, but they passed it three times. Clinton vetoed the first two, signed the last one, because he was told he wasn't going to get reelected if he didn't. And we sent aid to families with dependent children uh, out to all the states. Wyoming dropped its spending like 70%. Okay. I, I remember looking at the charts. Wyoming was one of the huge drops. Everybody else was like 30, 40. Um, and so better organized states <clears throat> saved a bunch of money. And we had competition in how you do that part of welfare. Hmm. We, we came within one vote. We, were, we had the votes to do it. And then McCain changed his mind at the last minute. Because uh, he had some fight with Trump. And uh, but that, it shows that we are within inches of that kind of dramatic spending, not by having Congress vote, you cut the spending this way, but sending it to the states and say, you decide. Because I think California will make things worse. But I'm pretty sure that Texas and Florida and Tennessee will do things that other states look at and go, oh, we should do that. Mm-hmm. Arizona, you know. Some of the states that do some very good innovative uh, work. So that's, you're right. If you just cut 1%, they'll say, oh, look at this good program. It got cut by 1%. And the worthless programs that should be eliminated, they also only got cut by 1%. Yeah, right. Well, for that matter, hand it to the states and have them decide some stuff goes away, some stuff, some stuff maybe makes sense. Probably a, a way to do it because even with Congress, when you just stop the rate of growth, even cut the rate of growth so it's still growing but not by as much, and they consider that to be an actual cut, and again, scream bloody murder over that. So you're saying bring it back to the state level is usually a better way to go? I'm not going to say with every state. I don't think you did either. California, of course, is just going to keep increasing their spending, but yeah, at least that'll help somewhat across the nation. Oh, but but even the Democrats from Florida and Texas and um, Tennessee, states with no income taxes, uh, in the, but they vote like Californians. <clears throat> so if you have it in Washington, a Democrat majority in the House and the Senate is a California Democrat majority. But when you go to the states, you have whole, you know, 27 states Republicans run the House, Senate, and governorship, which means within the Republican Party, you get to move as quickly and as confidently as they're willing to do. Some Republican states are yards of miles ahead of other Republican states in terms of that kind of reform, but they're all capable of doing it. And even even California and New York, 
over time are going to be tired of all of their working people leaving the state yep. and people on welfare showing up into the state, they will they'll reform sooner state by state than they ever would if we were, waited for the federal government where California and New York have so many congressmen. So how do people get a hold of Americans for Tax Reform and follow what you're talking about? Sure. Uh, ATR.org is our website. Uh, and you can see whether you're state legislators, congressmen, senators, you guys have all signed the pledge at the federal level, uh, not all at the state level. But if you text the word Biden, as in the president's name, to 50446, uh, 5446, we will send you out about once a week. Not, no, no fundraising request, but information on what's going on on taxes and spending that you might find useful. Uh, so you just text the word Biden to 5446. Uh, and go, you go to the website, you can have some, some fun looking at it. My favorite is a series we did on the IRS. It, the inspector general does studies on the IRS and they're chock full of amazing stuff, but the establishment press almost never covers it. This is where you find out that they have 4,500 guns and 6 million rounds of ammunition, yeah. <laughs> um, which they only reported years after was true. Uh, also, that when the guns go off, the IRS does have, more often they go off by mistake than on purpose. Right. So it's Keystone Cops there. Okay. Was it Barney Fife, right? The guy who's only allowed one bullet. Yeah, right, yeah. Except they have this. thousands of bullets. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Grover. Always good to have you on. Hey, good to be with you. Yeah, it's Wake Up, Wyoming. How weird today. Want to talk to Glenn? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up, Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven twenty-three is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Okay, I'm doing a little bit something different, not with the entire show, but with a good part of it today, and that's taking a look at young people because we pick on. I do. I know we all pick on a, a younger generation and look at them and think we're just doomed because we're just you know kids today. Uh, I mean, it's just horrible what they do. Look at the hair. What's with the colored hair? It's all the piercing and tattoos, and then every so often there's a bad story. Of course, that makes headlines. All these kids today. Well, got news for you. Uh, every generation compares about and complains about the younger generation. All the way back to we have writings from Greek times about people complaining about kids. Well, we're just doomed with kids today. But there's always those outstanding young people. I played it was last week audio of a young lady, her... When I say half her head is shaved, picture from the forehead about halfway back to her head. And then the rest of her hair from the top of her skull down the back hangs long. And she also has a lot of tattoos and piercings. She dresses kind of grunge. And she's on social media showing off her armpit hairs. She's very proud of it because when people get give her a bad reaction for the way she dresses and looks... And the fact that she hasn't shaved her armpits, so I know everything I need to know about you. She's into drama, basically. Really? Is that all you have to offer the world? Get a load of this. See, there is hope for the world. I follow this young lady on Instagram. Alicia Carson is her name. 
born March 10, 2001, an American space enthusiast and doctoral student who has attended numerous space camps and visited every NASA center multiple times. She has been profiled by a variety of news outlets and interest publications. Some t- a couple of years ago, SpaceX put a capsule into space with nothing but average citizens. None of them were actually astronauts. SpaceX just picked a bunch of citizens and trained them and put them up in a capsule. The capsule went higher than the International Space Station, did a bunch of laps, and came back down. She was on board. Her age is now 22, but she started all of this enthusiasm when she was just a teenager with a desire to be an astronaut. And she, when, they, when we finally get to Mars, it's very likely that she's going to be one of the astronauts, probably the first female to step on Mars at the rate she's going. And again, NASA and SpaceX and so on are very interested in her. That's what she's done with her entire life. Starting from when she was very young through her, we first heard about her in her teenage years, like 15 or so. And again, it, still in, I think she had just graduated high school when she went up into space. With that, I looked up the Young Astronauts Program, National and International Program. You can look up a website for Young Astronauts. Young Astronauts Program, America's first televised space academy for kids. Parents send their kids there because they're all interested in everything that has to do with space. And not just NASA, but private sector too. And it's not just a matter of being an astronaut, but all of the experiments that are done in space. So their mission to introduce disciplines that will teach kids to excel and thrive as adults, to develop a... uh, an international core of young astronauts, future leaders and innovators. And one day to see cadets grow up to take their first steps on the moon or on Mars. Or even just in outer space. And they have a waiting list of kids who want to join. I mean, a long waiting list of kids who want to join us. And all of these kids are absolutely outstanding, smart, good grades, not getting into trouble. I'm not saying they don't fool around on social media and do an occasional TikTok video and stuff like that. They're kids. They're still going to do a lot of things that kids do. But look at the focus on this. And along with this, I came across several other places around the country, camps and so on, where there's young people in their teenage years getting a private pilot's license. I mean, think about that. You're 16, 17 years old and you're a pilot. I met a young man in Wyoming over at the Casper Airport named Adam. And at the time, he was working with, I think he was in the ROTC program at the time, and also, uh, well, there were several other programs that he was involved in that had to do with aviation. And one of, uh, I have a partnership in an airplane, one of my partners gave his partnership up for a summer so that young man, as soon as he graduated high school, could get a pilot's license. And after he did that, he went for his church on a mission, I believe somewhere in South America. He's in the mission field right now, helping people in South America. This is what this young man did at a very early age and is still doing. 
So the idea that there's no hope for future generations, I have a long list here. I got more coming your way. Great kids doing great things that ought to make you feel good about the future. Instead of bad, coming up on 7.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. 7.45, Don Day joins me to give your extended weather forecast, including wet weather coming away in a few days. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. So oftentimes when we think about young people, we tend to think that, well, you know, it's a younger generation that's just, oh, they've been indoctrinated. We're doomed. Thanks for stepping into umpire, Mr. Fletcher. Well, I'm an English teacher, not a phys ed teacher, but I'll do my best. You'll do fine. Just call the kids safe or out and keep an eye on them right there. They've been trying to steal. Who, him? No, we use the kids' preferred pronouns. He's on second. I mean them. There's only one kid there. Who's them? They are. He is? No, they is. He's on second. You mean her? Don't call me her. I'm a him. That's a he. The kid on third uses she. He uses she? No, she uses she. And you want me to keep my eye on them? Yes. But especially him. No, keep your eye on them. They've been trying to steal. Who's they? Him, her, and him? No, not him and her. Just them. Their pronoun is there. And they're right there. I'm an English teacher. I get pronouns. That's him, her, and him. No, that's them, him, and her. Excuse me, but now I identify as him. He's gender fluid. He used to be she, but now she's him. Huh? And I'd like to change my pronouns to Z, Zim, and Zer. Now Z wants you to call Zer Zim. What's a Zim? Don't call Zim a what? Now Z is offended. Look, I don't want to offend anybody. I'll call them by their names. Kids, what are your names? I'm Addison. I'm Addison. Addison. Their parents are millennials. They named them all Addison. Well, why do I have to use preferred pronouns? Because gender is a social construct, and I was born this way. How can it be born that way if gender is a social construct? Whoa, 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 Don't question their identity or his or Zer's. Just follow the rules and call them they. <laughs> Who makes these rules? They do. This they? No, not that they. They they. Huh? They will get you fired if you don't use the right pronoun. They will kick you off of Twitter if you question their beliefs. They cancel comedians and offend them. They get rid of professors with different points of view. But who's they? Nobody knows who they are. We just have to listen to them. Okay, so this is what your kids have been indoctrinated in, but not all have fallen for it. Don is in Nebraska. Hello, Don. Good morning, Glenner. Good, sir. You know, there, there's been this... Uh, not so subtle transformation of the, uh, of the language we use on a, on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. I, I know you. I know you've noticed. Oh yeah. But one of the things that just it's kind of made me scratch all the hair off my head is is why, you know how how did how did conspiracy and theory end up being transformed in something that's just impossible to to imagine? I mean. During the Cold War, there there was a global conspiracy, you know, by by the Communist Party in China and and Russia to to take over the planet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah. it was it was obvious what was going on, and they you know they doggone it, they did a pretty good job, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're they're in our universities, they're in the media, they're everywhere. But you know, if 
I hear these people, especially these talking heads on, even Fox, they say, well, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, as if, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't belong to the Ku Klux Klan or something, you know. And, uh, you know, there are real conspiracies. I mean, goodness gracious, we just saw what happened to Trump. Four years, you know, they ran this narrative that he was conspiring with the, uh, Vladimir Putin was conspiring with him to, to steal the election. You know, and then, you know, Congress spent millions of dollars and, and countless hours trying to accuse this man of being a foreign agent. And at the end of the day, the whole thing, you know, was was nothing but hot air. Okay, here's, and I think I have a solution for it, because I've been talking with conspiracy theorists, friends, for quite some time about this. And this is what I always tell them. You can go ahead and try to track down all sorts of conspiracies. You can even prove a lot of them, if not most of them, to be right. Well, good for you. A lot of them are also just garbage, too, but whatever. That's not going to solve the problem. The Founding Fathers got a lot right. And one of the things they got right is limiting the size of government to its smallest possible size, allowing government to do actually very little. When they don't have a whole lot of power in government and when they don't have a whole lot of money, then they're not capable of getting away with a whole lot. But the more power we allow them to seize and the more money we allow them to seize, the worse this gets. So rather than trying to chase down every single conspiracy, the trick is to convince the American people to go back to a limited form of government, thereby ending most conspiracies. Yeah, I can go with that. Okay. It's just a simpler solution. All right. Thanks for calling. This is why I wrote a book called The Uncomplicated Life. It's just a much easier way to think about it. Because, again, you'll drive yourself insane trying to follow every single conspiracy out there. There's just no possible way to track down every conspiracy and figure out which one is right and which one is wrong. Which one is true or not. It'll just drive you insane. And, again, even when you do find, oh, my God, this... This conspiracy is true. They're actually trying to do this. Great. What are you going to do about it? And the answer is always the same. If government were limited to its lowest possible size, allowing people in government to do very little, they don't have too much they're allowed to do. The jobs are mostly boring. They don't have a whole lot of money or power. That's, they're going to hate that in government, but that's what we do. That ends the vast majority of conspiracies. Wake Up Wyoming. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. 7.45 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, I'm going to simplify this, Don. We've got a few more nice days until things converge. How's that? Yeah, really going to be just fabulous again today. Really, really nice again tomorrow. And we're probably going to be able to get most of Thursday in Mm -hmm. with uh, very little going on weather-wise. So enjoy it. Okay. But now when things do converge, we're not talking like, you know, Katie bar the door, all that kind of stuff. But it looks to me like it's just definitely going to be wet. We have a very good chance of statewide precipitation starting first with some Snow in the far western areas of the state, that'll probably start as early as Thursday. So Yellowstone, Jackson, Evanston, those areas will start to see some snow showers. 
And then Friday night, Saturday and Saturday night, there's going to be an area of, of snow mostly, but believe it or not, we're going to have some areas, especially out on the eastern plains, that actually it'll have rain at first because the system is more like a spring storm. And as it comes together, we're see, going to see a convergence of moisture get draped across Wyoming, not only coming from the Pacific, but coming up from the Gulf. So we're going to see mountain snow. We're going to see wet snow across portions of Wyoming Friday night, Saturday into early Sunday. We don't have a connection to the Arctic with this storm. So it's going to get colder, but not you know terribly cold. Uh, but there's certainly going to be enough snow in parts of Wyoming that this is going to cause travel concerns. If you have any travel plans, let's say between Friday and Sunday, you need to watch this system carefully. And this system is going to start sort of a domino effect and change the weather pattern across the western United States and make it more stormy. After this system, there's another one towards the middle of next week, probably another one after that towards next weekend. Okay, see, that's the thing that I was going to ask you next because we have had these bubbles of niceness several times this entire season, but it looks like maybe our luck has run out for a while. I think it will. I think we're going to hit an extended period where we're going to have the weather a lot more active than it's been this winter. Uh, So that means more snow. Uh, That means more, uh, let's say, less in the way of what we have now and Mm -hmm. and more in the way of winter. Let's put it. I think that sums it up the best. Not necessarily a bad thing, because while the west west of us, they've been getting plenty of snow and their mountaintops are nice and white. But when you look at places like the Bighorns and the Black Hills, they could use it. Yeah, I was in the Black Hills this weekend, and I was up in Custer, and the amount of snow up there is paltry. Um, Mm -hmm. And the northern half of Wyoming, from the Black Hills to the Bighorns to the northern part of Yellowstone Park, has really been dry this winter. Uh, But even those areas have got some chances for snow. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. Okay, for those people wondering about snow coming into that area, it's finally going to happen after we get in through this weekend over here. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Uh, Frank, I just decided I might have hit a lazy stage in my life. Well, you've been lazy for a long time. Well, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm one of the most productive people you'd ever meet. Well, then you're not lazy. I can't seem to stop. But then, then it happened just like about an hour ago. Okay. So we have a water cooler upstairs. And it takes one of those big jugs of water. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And I go to pour the last of the water out into my little cup, and I realize if I do this, then I have finished off the water bottle. Now, normally, that's okay. I'll just go downstairs, get another water bottle, bring it upstairs. But it's pretty heavy. Got to put it on your shoulder, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've done that many times, but I thought this time, but I don't want to. I think I'll let the last bit of water stay in there so somebody somebody else else (laughs) finishes it. Then it's their responsibility to go all the way downstairs and bring up another water bottle. And at that point, when I realized I was willing to do that, I was willing to walk downstairs with my little cup to fill up the water and come back up with just a cup rather than having to wrestle with the big jug. I was going to leave that on somebody else. I think I finally have become lazy. Well, you have now achieved what the vast majority of this world's population has perfected. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm the guy. I had a a week's vacation coming up a couple years ago. And I hadn't made any plans. It was just coming up, and I thought, oh, I better figure out what I'm going to do with myself. And a friend of mine said, why don't you just lay around the house and do nothing for a week? And I said, I don't know how to do that. I, you know, you're, you're too, your mind is running at 1,000 miles yes. an hour. 
Yeah, and I like it that way. But then here I am standing there thinking, I don't want to use the last of this water. <laughs> and that's where your brain power is going. You know? That's yeah, yeah. Some other sucker is going to come walking up how to can, this. How container. can I slack today? Yes, exactly right. How can I go ahead and pawn this off on somebody else? So I don't have to do it. If I leave this here, some other sucker will come along and take care of it for me. There you go. You know what? Don't work harder. Work smarter. Yes, and make somebody else work harder. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Men's college basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys taking their show on the road to meet the Air Force down in Colorado Springs. Folks coming off that remarkable come-from-behind win over Colorado State on Saturday in Laramie, 79-76 in overtime. They trailed by 11 with just over a minute to go and and change and then tied the game on the last play with last seconds of regulation descended into overtime. So Wyoming 11-9 overall 4 and 3 in Mountain West play Air Force continues at uh, eight, continues uh, comes in at 8 and 11 overall they've lost 6 of 7 in league play as a 7 p.m. start from the academy we'll have that for you on KG Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie women's college basketball the Wyoming Cowgirls have a, a huge game tomorrow in Las Vegas meeting UNLV Cowgirls are 7 and 1 in Mountain West play 12 and 7 overall and riding a three game win streak after a big road win over Fresno State on Saturday UNLV may be in fact the best team at UW has played this season. They are 7-1 and one in league play and 17-2 and two overall. The Rebels are the defending Mountain West champions. That's a 7.30 start tomorrow from Las Vegas. Boys High School basketball from over the weekend. First on Friday and the Trona got by Sheridan 68-64. Rock Springs edge Kelly Walsh 46-44. Cheyenne Central the top rated team in 4A beat Cheyenne East 65-58. In 3A Glen Rock over Newcastle 45-39. In 1A Dubois over Midwest 71-51. Then on Saturday in Boys play. Cody handed Natrona their first loss of the season, 56-35. In 3A, Douglas Big over Glenrock, 74-33. In 2A, Lingle, the number one rated team, lost to Pine Bluffs, 57-54. And Midwest losing to Upton, 84-23. Casey losing to Wright, 81-26. National Football League, the Super Bowl coming up on February 11th in Las Vegas. San Francisco taking on Kansas City. There is one former Wyoming Cowboy in the game, and that's San Francisco defensive back Tashawn Gibson. Uh, he played in the NFL for 12 years now. And finally, he's playing in a Super Bowl. He had a forced fumble in that NFC Championship game, went over Detroit and had six tackles versus the Lions in that contest. And he's played with five NFL teams, played with the Wyoming Cowboys from 2008 through 2011. Plus, uh, Gibson was an undrafted free agent. Few Casper High School athletes recently have signed college letters of intent. Kelly Wall State champion tennis player Taylor Noak signing with Colorado Mesa in Grand Junction. KW All State soccer player Parker O'Neill signing with Casper College. And the Trona track athlete and defending champion in the indoor long jump, Bridger Anderson signing with Black Hill State in Spearfish, South Dakota. That's in sports. How long does someone usually last in the NFL? Not for long. That's what yeah. NFL stands for. Yeah, that's I, it. I, I would say, you know, I think the average length of career for some positions are five or six years. Wow. Okay, that is really the, short the, the, You know, it's a demanding, physically demanding job, yeah. and it don't last very long. With Gibson playing for 12 years? Wow, holy that's huge. Cow. That's why I was thinking, you know, he goes and plays the Super Bowl. They win it. If he wants to retire at this point, I think everybody will understand. Yeah, you, you retire at the top of the mountain. That's exactly right. All right, thank you, Brent. Coming up on, yeah, I'll go down. And don't worry, folks. I'm going to go down and get the water jug. I guilted myself into it. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Open phones in the next hour of the program, right after national news, local news, and an update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming.
cold. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Tuesday, so we roll on through it. Doing a few things different this Tuesday, but hang on. There's also some house cleaning I have to do. Today's show is sponsored by Banana Scented Nose Hair Clippers. Clipping your nose hair never smelled so good. I would probably clip them more often. Not wait for people to complain about my nose hairs, but clip them more often if that actually existed. All right, so... The most dangerous time of this program every single day is when I just open up the phones to whatever from you folks. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. 888 woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. For those who didn't hear it earlier this morning, and this is legit, a congresswoman who is in a position to actually do this legitimately, has nominated Donald Trump for a Nobel Peace Prize for some work he did while he was president. I went looking for news organizations who would bring this up. And most news organizations won't even mention it. The few that did mention it, I thought it was typical, but still funny. They would say that, you know... Donald Trump nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. And then after that, they would include while he's under indictment for. And the bulk of the article, in the article itself, one sentence to, yeah, he's nominated by Congresswoman for Nobel Peace Prize. Then the rest of the article all the way through said nothing but about bad things about Trump. So really funny, really typical that news organizations would do something like this. But remember now, all sorts of people can get nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for all sorts of really odd reasons. Oftentimes illegitimate. Obama was given a Nobel Peace Prize and when the Nobel Committee was asked why, they said because we expect him to live up to it. And then Obama actually accepted the peace prize as if he had won it for doing something. As because, you know, Obama's got that ego, right? Uh, I'd mentioned Jimmy Carter won the Nobel Peace Prize. And when the Nobel Prize Committee was asked why, they said to protest Bush's invasion of Iraq. And, you know, protesting Bush's invasion of Iraq is not Carter winning the prize for something Carter did. But also remember, Rush Limbaugh got himself legitimately nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize just to tweak those people on the left so he could say on the air that he actually did that. All right. So that was the first thing I talked about right out of the gate this morning at 6 o'clock. Now, you can call and interrupt me. That's fine. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Meantime, there's a few things I've got to file over here with some audio cuts. And I just wanted to get rid of some of this stuff. Like, for example... Here are some liberals who are a little bit worried about the Democrat strategy 
for running Joe Biden for a second term. It's not a great strategy to, to run a Democratic campaign based on how can they like this guy? <laughs> they just, because some people just do. I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA. The Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really? Like, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? And, and I do think the economy will affect. And I think this, this negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election oh, campaign. Which is one of the reasons that Trump is just soaring through the whole nomination process here. I mean, he is. He's just so far just soaring through all of this because he's been so beaten on by the left that the people on the right are just sick of it. And people on the right are sick of being insulted by people on the left, so they just had it. And so Trump is their man once again. All right, meantime, let's go listen. Gavin Newsom actually tried to sell this regarding the economy under Joe Biden. And we need to lift up the issues, the successes, this extraordinary successes. We have the best three-year record of any modern American presidency. Period. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Period. Full stop. Yeah. He's honestly trying to sell that. But now, once again, voters out here are not buying this. I mean, there's the official economic numbers they hand you. And then there's what you experience when you go shopping or when you get your paycheck and you have to deal with the bills. Okay. There's been some good news in a slowdown of the disaster, but we're still in an economic problem right now. And you know it because you're living it. Now, one more piece of audio I want to clean up here and we can move on to something else I've been talking about pretty much all morning long. Let's, this was sent to me by a listener. Let's go to the state in Nevada. Now, in the last election, I said before the election even, and of course right after it, I was saying voter fraud happens. It always does. If you have an election, voter fraud is going to happen. There's always people out there trying to pull something. The question is always, did they pull enough to make a difference? Because in most cases, when we do spot voter fraud, it was never enough really to make a difference and to change the results. Let's go to Nevada. Now, this was actually a hearing in Washington on Capitol Hill. You're going to hear a congressman questioning someone about what happened in Nevada. 42,000 people in Nevada voted more than once, according to your work in this. 42,000 people. 1,500 people voted in Nevada that were dead. 19,000 people voted, though they did not live in Nevada, and they weren't a college student. 8,000 people voted from a non-existent address. 15,000 people voted, though they were registered to a commercial address or a vacant address. And 4,000 people uh, voted in Nevada that are non-citizens. My question to you is, in my state, when someone votes twice, and we do have that occasionally, and about 50 times a year that that actually occurs in our state, we prosecute individuals that vote twice. Of this 130,000 instances that you have identified from the 2020 election in Nevada, do you know of any prosecutions currently going on in Nevada for any voter fraud? Not yet, Senator, and that's extremely important. So when some of you out there complain and worry about possible voter fraud in this next election, realize, and of course you're going to be criticized for it, you're not someone wearing some bizarre tin hat. There's actually reasons for you to worry about voter fraud because in some places around the country, 
it was extraordinarily bad, like you just heard there in that congressional hearing, as he just quoted off the numbers. Now, in other places, pretty much nothing happened. I mean, take a look here in the state of Wyoming. We, we were golden. We were good. But you go to places like Nevada, go to places like Georgia, for example, and it did happen in large numbers. So the question will always be, so now that we know it's happening, can we see that it's happening in large enough number to affect the outcome? And also, how do we take steps to make sure this doesn't happen in the next election? And media will complain. News media will complain. Well, you know, voters, they don't have a lot of uh, confidence in this election. They blame Trump for that. Well, it's not Trump to blame for that lack of confidence. All right, all morning long, I've been talking about extraordinary young people. The reason I've been doing that is oftentimes when you hear about young people today, you have this idea that there's just absolutely no hope for our future. And I want to show you that that's not the case. That's next. Is your life boring? Are you too young for a midlife crisis but tired of waiting for something to trigger an existential crisis? Why not try generalized anxiety disorder? Make every day a crisis. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. Hope. Serious takes on local politics. Or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Hey, 20 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, it is open phone. So 888-97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Or change the subject, fine by me. I am getting into some young people here because so many negative stories about young people today. But every generation said the same thing about the next coming generation. So I just wanted to show you that it's not all bad out there, really. Honestly, it isn't. So here is in town, New England. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Inglewood, New Jersey. Not New England. Corey is her name. Otherwise known as Mr. Corey. Uh, Mr. Corey is still in middle school, just so you know. But he's already being called Mr. Corey. Found his fortune, named, uh, well, the Cookie Man after his mother was a cookie mom. Amazing young kid, started a cookie company, basically, specializing in delightful, all natural flavored cookies, sweet treats. And his brand has actually taken over and he's in Whole Foods and these are not just typical cookies these are chock full of all sorts of really goodies really, I mean really good stuff another young innovator named Keenan opened up a non-profit Kids for Community when he was just age 11 describes as a light bulb moment on a leisurely run along the beach with his father there he came across a stranded seal who had uh, attracted attention and needed assistance so he was able to tap into it and start tonight because people were trying to legitimately help and didn't know how to get organized. So, and his community needed some help. So he started Kids for Community, a nonprofit to give youngsters a way to engage in tackling problems in their community, drugs, homelessness, stuff like this. An organization started by an 11-year-old kid. Let's see. Uh, this next one here is... Langston, a feature name in a 2019 Forbes 30 Under 30, Langston developed his first messaging app when just 12 years old. Since then, the Atlanta-based entrepreneur co-founded a company 
a healthcare-based ride-sharing. Also, he has healthcare apps, ride-sharing apps. Non-emergency patients can get ride shares to the hospital through his app, and it's really affordable. It's like Uber. So let's say you have to go to a doctor's appointment on a regular basis, and you need someone who can specifically help you get to the hospital or to your doctor's office. So you don't want a regular Uber. You want a car, not an ambulance. That's expensive. But somebody who's got a vehicle that can handle your special needs, especially if you're in a wheelchair or something like that. That's what this does. It connects you trying to get to your doctor's appointment with a driver who can handle the special needs that you have. This is a kid developing this app. 19-year-old John, an entrepreneur, during a brainstorming session for an unrelated idea while in high school as a education-based... He also started with a mobile app for him, too. Uh, Let's teachers create resources in the form of game-style quizzes. So quizzes are much more fun because it's played in the form of a game, which the kids prefer. Now his app is used in about 100 countries across the globe. And he's making a lot of money at that app, too. But he just remembered sitting in, in class. And boy, the, qu- the quizzes were just mind-numbingly boring. And I know I felt that way. Most every one of you felt the same, if not all of you felt the same way. So he decided, okay, teacher, take what you want in the quiz, plug it in to my app. It will make a fun almost video game style quiz for the kids so they can still take the test but it's fun so now it's in about 100 countries across the globe and the kids making a bunch of money doing it let's say 20 year old jeremy just just a kid you know but at the time when he when he did this he was just a teenager this started long before present day for the story here started his first company when he was 16 years old, despite the successful brand building and so on, the first company eventually folded on. But that just motivated him all the more. His new company, J.R. Miller Group, is a, a social media consulting company. And he's actually, he even works with companies like Subaru and NASA. So if you think about it, <clears throat> NASA does social media consulting. How do you talk on social media to the public. Because while a lot of you may not understand, will say you don't understand social media, it's what's used today in communication. So Subaru, NASA, big, you know, big organizations like this need to talk to the general public and social media is the main platform today. So he designed a company to help them and they hired him. And he started that at 16 years old. Now here's a young lady, I really like this one. Uh, this is a kid, you know, a lot of kids open up a lemonade stand this kid had a family recipe that wasn't just your average lemonade. And she named it Me and the Bees Lemonade. The product sells more than half a million units a year at 1,500 outlets across the United States. Let's see, how old was she when she did this? Yeah, I think she was about uh, 11, 12 years old when she did this. And likely... Uh, she's going to launch a new beeswax lip balm, which a lot of you do use beeswax lip balm. This will be a different name brand. But Me and the Bees is what she calls it. So it's a kind of a lemonade with some honey in it. It's really good. And people like it. So she's in 
1,500 stores. Started this as a kid. I mean, you can just go and open up a lemonade stand if you want. That's fine. This kid takes this a hell of a lot farther than that. Okay, here's a kid named Eric. Started after making a well, negotiation with his parents to turn $100. He was able to get from his parents, convince them, give me $1,000 because I have an idea. He actually convinced his parents to do it. Would you give your kids $1,000 if they had an idea? All right, that $1,000 is now a $1 million, and he's more successful than that. Turned his attention to cryptocurrency, among other things. And let me see, uh, by age 18, he has a portfolio in excess of a million dollars, and it has grown far beyond that. Let's see, I got a couple more for you. Let's see, here's Benjamin. Fortune 500 he, uh, named him 18 under 18, and they did a whole 18 really smart kids under 18 years old. So let me see, he's in Brooklyn made his first million dollars in sales in revenue at just 16 years old. Business ventures involve the purchase and reselling of high-value exclusive footwear collections. From really, uh, I mean, he's got some major endorsements there. So in the last two years, his cultural influence has expanded with his debut on the music scene with a single that he wrote and sang called Let It Go. But he started making money basically in tennis shoes and getting celebrities to endorse certain shoes that he was selling and his company. And so there, now the kid's stinking rich. Get the idea. I've got more of this too. I mean, I haven't even really gotten started here, but the idea is we're always talking about kids today as in all oh, the future. It's just, it's shot, these kids. I one time did an entire program here on this radio show about raising alpha kids. Because those are the kids that really are the future of not just your community, this country, and the planet for that matter. And raising alpha kids does not mean put them in some social justice course at your local high school or college level for that matter. These are kids who are actually, actually accomplishing things. And sometimes it's because of the parents' influence. Sometimes they surprise their parents. The real go-getters at a, at a really young age. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Coming up on eight thirty, local news update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. Thirty-six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Yes, you can call and change the subject if you want. Triple eight ninety-seven Woods. The phone number eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. Or the people who are commenting right now off the Wake Up Wyoming app. Just grab your app, hit the chat mode, and drop me a text message. I'll go ahead and answer that. So I'm doing something a little bit different today because we tend to think that, oh, the next generation, we are just so screwed. We tend to see them like this. 
Okay, everyone, welcome. This support group is for people who are so woke that they are finding it impossible to have any fun at all. We have somebody new with us this week, so would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Oscar. I think like a lot of you guys, for me, it started with the little things. Signing an online petition, going into a march. Well, I mean, before I knew it, I was writing to The Guardian about LGBT representation in the Harry Potter books. Which is shocking, by the way. All right, Lily, we've all read your blog. Don't worry, Oscar, you've come to the right place. All of the young people in this room are ruining their lives by being overly virtuous. That's actually a microaggression to say young people because it carries subconscious bias towards the elderly. Actually, what you're doing is denying agency to the elderly, which is arguably much worse. This, this is what I'm talking about. You see, it's a slippery slope. One minute you're carrying a reusable water bottle, fine, and the next minute you're arguing that water is racist. Oh, my God, is water racist? No, no, it's just an example. Right, how did you guys get on with the homework that I set you? Guys isn't an especially inclusive term. Not now, Jamie. By homework, do you mean having to watch that old people's sitcom? It's called Friends, Lily, and you were supposed to watch it and enjoy it. Well, I try, but I find it deeply problematic. Why? Well, there's the homophobia, the transphobia, the fatism and the slut-shaming, and could Chandler be any more annoying? You can't go through your 20s worrying about every aspect of everything. You have to pick your battles. And just remember that it doesn't really matter, because by the time you hit your 30s, most of you are going to be massively right-wing anyway. Have any of you started to think that maybe poor people don't deserve benefits? No. Well, watch out for that one, because that's how it starts. Look, I understand this has all been a bit much for some of you, so let's take five and have a hobnob. I find the word hobnob very fallocentric. That's how we tend to picture them, and then you wonder, are they even going to have kids? Because the younger generation worries they've been sold this idea of a climate crisis, and if we don't do something real fast, we're all doomed because of... It's very hard to want to date anyone and have a family if you think it's all over real soon. Now, I'm in favor of, look, if people think that we're all doomed because we're in some climate crisis and they don't want to breed because they're that overly woke, then please, for the love of God, don't breed. We don't need you. No more. We don't need any more of your DNA floating around. But then there's this other problem with dating at that age. Single, searching for a real man. There aren't many left, but I believe there are one or two still out there. Respond if you want to get coffee. So, did you go to college? I never left. Degrees in criminology, comedic arts, dance, drama, theater, and gaming management take a lot of time. Huh, where did you get money for all of that? Oh, I am massively in debt, but I'm sure that one of those degrees will earn me big bucks. I'm paying for coffees, aren't I? Oh, hell yeah. Please tell me you have a job. I mean, what do you do for a living? Barista. Really? Where? Here. I get an employee discount. Figures. What do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, what career do you really want? I plan to be a millionaire before I'm 30. Interesting. So you have some great business ideas? Oh, hell no. I'm anti-capitalist. Hmm. I'm paying for coffees, aren't I? Oh, hell yeah. So, yeah, there's that problem there. Okay, but there are kids out there. Okay, Isabel, for example. Now, I'm looking at a picture of her delightfully attractive young lady starting her entrepreneurial journey at the age of three. 
Isabella is an accomplished TED speaker now and winner of multiple national and international awards for both poetry and art and so on. She is featured on Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People in Business. By age 12, she was already selling clothing and clothing designs before moving into interior design and furniture pieces. She's an entrepreneur. And that started at age three. Rachel, frustrated by the quality of lacrosse, her lacrosse rebounder, she set out to redesign it with a thicker net and stronger bars and became the first to produce a new company, Gladiator Lacrosse. The firm exceeded $7 million in revenue and acquisition by a, a sports ball manufacturer, All Ball Pro. While her business continues to grow, she maintains a keen interest in academic studies currently at Princeton. Now, here is this nice mosaic. Uh, is, is it mosaic? Yeah, mosaic is his name. A good-looking kid, but also a real nerdy good-looking kid. He's even wearing a bow tie here. Anyway, known affectionately as Mo Bridges, co-founder of a Memphis-based family-run Mobows, a handmade bow tie manufacturing firm, which is why he's wearing them. At a very young age, he just decided he liked bow ties. And so he started designing his own. And online today, that's actually pretty easy to do. He uses Etsy and things like that. And his bow ties are so good looking. The ones he designs and has made for him online, his company is now really successful at a very young age. Let's see, Zandra, driven by her parents' refusal to buy her new lip balm. This young entrepreneur set out to make her own at home at nine years old. Just under a year later, she went to launch a uh, retailing lip balm and also body butters with things with natural ingredients in it at local markets. Okay, And now she's in stores all over the place, has a lot of self-confidence, going to college now. Let's see, I can squeeze a couple more in. Here's Ben, uh, named one of Time's most influential teenagers. Ben developed the first app uh, in, let me see, it was Impossible, yeah, Impossible Rush, because he was bored in class. The app is now on Tinder and Twitter and is sold, again, like the other guy I told you about who invented an app, to schools all over the world. He, he's now valued, and he's now, he's out of, he's in college now, but he had this idea when he was in high school and developed it. He's now valued at about $250 million. Bet you wish you had thought of that. George is this kid's name. Utah-based uh, George first discovered his interest in flying gadgets when he was in high school. Now he makes drones. He designed and made his own drones. Some of them have a top speed of about 70 miles an hour. He believes that the role of each drone is much more than just a flying camera. There's so many things you can do with drones. So what his company does is it designs drones that can do special things, including helping police and firefighters, things like this. I got more here, so but to get the idea, there's all of these amazing kids who didn't focus on a lot of the garbage that people have tried to sell them over the years. Instead, they had great ideas. They had motivation. I love it when I read one a kid, for example, 
Parents won't buy her lip balm. That's it. Fine. I'll just make my own. Hey, this is great stuff. I think I'll start a company. They're teenagers or younger sometimes. 845, wake up Wyoming. Where Wyoming comes to talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. 8.48 is the time. Wake up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. I have two quick things here, Frank. As you know, I subscribe to something on social media called Bad Album Covers. You subscribe to it? Well, I don't subscribe. I follow it. Okay, yeah. Okay. Don't pay. That'd yeah. be bad oh, yeah. well, to follow bad album here's covers. Here's a real country bumpkin-looking band back in the big, tall ladies' hairdo days. Right? Okay. And the title of the album is Taking the Beef Bus to Tuna Town. <laughs> <laughs> now, What's the name of the band? No, I don't know, but I've got to look this up. Taking the Beef Bus to, to the Tuna Town. Okay, so I've got to go look that up because a lot of times people load those onto YouTube. I just want to hear what that cover song is. I just got to... Uh, yeah. I mean, you got to be curious at this if, point, right? If, if that's the name of the album, I'd love to know yes. the name of the band. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not as big as the Beatles. Well, of course. I mean, with, with, pff, with stuff that's like that? Yeah. I mean, if the Beatles can do Yellow Submarine, for God's sake. Yeah, they... I mean, they probably yeah. got started at Mickey Gillies. And, absolutely, and, and yeah. <laughs> okay, so I just sent the picture of the band to Miss Mary. And another thing that I did find out. So last hour I was telling you, I was debating taking that last cup of water because I would have to change the big heavy yeah, yeah. bottle of water, up, bring it all the way oh, upstairs. Slacker. Okay. Yeah, that's, I started feeling like a slacker. Well, I went ahead and changed it anyway because I was mm -hmm. guilting myself. And then I mentioned it to Miss Mary, that whole conflict I was having. Would I not take the last cup of water so somebody else would have to do it? And Miss Mary looked at me and said, I've done that myself. So, <laughs> See? Yeah, slacking seems to, you know... So apparently that prevails around here. That entered my head. It's not just me. Other people will, will actually... Like, if you ever open up the refrigerator and saw the last of the milk. I know you live alone, but thought, if I use that, I'll have to go replenish it. Well, if I use it, then no one else gets it, <clears throat> even, okay. though I, even though I live by myself. Yes, yeah. But, but in the in a previous lifetime, like, yeah. you better drink this, drink this thing or it'll, it'll be gone. And on a slightly different note, let's say we had some cookies downstairs yes. in our kitchen here. There's always that last cookie that nobody wants to be seen taking. I have no problem taking that. I have no problem either. But th that last cookie will sit there for a while because a lot of people, well, I don't want to be seen taking the last cookie. Sam, I'll show you. I'm going to pick up the last cookie and I'm yes. taking it with me. This, and, and everybody like, oh, excellent. Yes, now, I look at it and go, that cookie looks lonely and it looks like it needs some loving. Yeah. And so I will pick it up. I'm happy to clean up the mess. No, and I'm good with that too. Men's College Hoops, the Wyoming Cowboys on the road tonight at Air Force and down in Colorado Springs. Folks coming off that remarkable come-from-behind win over Colorado State on Saturday in Laramie, 79-76. Trailing by 11 with just over a minute and change to go and regulation and tying the game at the buzzer to send it in OT. Amazing. So Wyoming 11-9 overall, 4-3 and three in Mountain West play. Air Force comes in at 8-11 and 11 overall and they've lost 6-7 of seven in league play. That's a 7 p.m. start from the academy. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCG. 
TGY in Laramie. In women's college hoops, Wyoming Cowgirls with a huge game tomorrow in Las Vegas to meet UNLV. Cowgirls are 7-1 and in Mountain West play, 12-7 and overall, riding a three-game winning streak after their big road win over Fresno State on Saturday. UNLV may be, in fact, the best team Wyoming has played this season and maybe for the entire season. They're 7-1 and in league play and 17-2 and overall. The Rebels, the defending Mountain West Conference champions, it's a 7-30 start tomorrow from Las Vegas. Boys high school basketball from over the weekend, first on Friday. Natrona got uh, by Sheridan 68-64. Rock Springs edge Kelly Walls 46-44. Cheyenne Central, the top-rated team in 4A, beat Cheyenne East 65-58. In 3A, Glen Rock over Newcastle 45-39. In 1A, Dubois over Midwest 71-51. On Saturday in boys play, Cody handed Natrona their first loss of the season after 12 wins, 56-35. In 3A, Douglas Big over Glen Rock 74-33. In 2A, Lingle, the number one rated team, lost to Pine Bluffs 57-54. Midwest losing to Upton 84-23. And Casey lost to Wright 81-26. National Football League, the Super Bowl coming up on February 11th in Las Vegas. San Francisco taking on Kansas City. There will be one former Wyoming Cowboy in the game, and that's San Francisco defensive back Tashawn Gibson. Now, he has been in the NFL for 12 years with five different teams and finally is playing in the Super Bowl. He forced a fumble in that NFC Championship game, went over Detroit. He had six tackles for the 49ers versus the Lions. He played for the Cowboys, uh, the Wyoming Cowboys, for 2008 through 2011, and he was an undrafted free agent. A few Casper High School athletes recently have signed college letters of intent. Kelly Wall State champion tennis player Taylor Noakes signing with Colorado Mesa in Grand Junction. KW All State soccer player Parker O'Neill signing with Casper College. And the Trona track athlete and defending state champion in the indoor long jump, Bridger Anderson, has signed with Black Hill State in South Dakota. And that's in sports. So we got to get our Wyoming friend after the Super Bowl to come back and pay a visit. He might, yeah. yeah. I don't think he's been here in a while. Okay. You know, it was him and his brother both yeah. played at Wyoming at the same time. And uh, they 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 were both pretty good, fast athletes, okay. strong. So you, know. you remember them? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. So, yeah. There's got to be an invite or something like that because I mean, everybody else gets a Super Bowl parade. Well, no. So oh, of so course. I, I mean, they should bring him back. The, the university should bring him back at least for a basketball game or something. That's something like that. Yeah. yeah. Just to stop by and say hi to everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can, and you know, uh, introduce him like, hey, this guy's yeah. got a Super Bowl. Remember ring. this guy? Yeah. All right. Yeah. He probably doesn't because he's got unpaid bills. Who knows? Well, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, then again, he's played football for. How long? 12 years. I think he can afford to pay I, I those think bills. He, yeah, 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 okay. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we got to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Len Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Yes, you can interrupt me and change the subject if you want. Fine by me. Today's show is sponsored by Banana Scented Nose Hair Clippers. Clipping your nose hair never smelled so good. I would clip my nose hairs much more often and get far less complaints if they actually had such a product. All right, a few things from Wyoming that I have to do some house cleaning on. First off, to the Cheyenne family struggling through this, boy, and one of them is someone who works for us at our Town Square media offices in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Cheyenne families have no homes, 
or answers after that catastrophic water main break, this according to Cowboy State Daily. Okay, so uh, here's a... What, Felicia and Ben Peterson bought cottage near... Was it uh, Chapel Park in, in Cheyenne? As their first starter home, right before their son Daniel was born. The home needed, the story says, a little bit of work. Most starter homes do. But it was something they could afford. It was a place to get a, a start, right? Well, Felicia rolled up her sleeves, created a nice playground in the backyard. You know, they got everything going there, right? Felt like a good place. Then overnight, everything changed. Nightmare began, the story says, with the frantic sound of barking dogs at 2 a.m. She said, my Boston Terrier was screaming bloody murder. And I heard something crash, and I thought my husky had plowed into something, as huskies do. Well, it turned out, Felicia wondered, if she, was, she went and grabbed her phone, went off to check everything. And this by this time, it's about 1 a.m., and she's also pregnant at this time, too. So you can imagine pregnant mom getting up to check to see what's going on. So I looked downstairs. It was already three feet of water, which means it was up to our outlets. That's bad. And we could not go down there because it was basically a giant electric pole at this point. It's one thing when your basement's filling up with water, but when it starts getting near, the electrical works. But ironically, no one ever showed up to check that we were okay. There wasn't an EMT, anything like that. The fire department was there. They turned off the gas and electric for most houses in the area. For everybody on the street, Felicia and her family didn't know then, but the nightmare was only just beginning. Here's where they have a problem with insurance. So here's the short story here. The insurance companies are looking at this saying, well, you're not covered for this. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's a city problem. It's city water. So if you want to go ahead and make a claim, you're going to have to go talk to the city about this. And yet the city, on the other hand, you know, there can be a bit of a bureaucracy trying to go through that. Even flood insurance didn't cover it, the story says, because it's not a natural flood. It's from city piping, and they're not on a FEMA flood plan. So no FEMA flood insurance. Among the next call Felicia made to the city, well, there's a whole bunch of her neighbors called, but there was no help at either end. She said, we called the city and got nothing. If you feel like filing a claim, the city said, go talk to risk management. Felicia did just that the very next day. It said we'd have to file with the state insurance, the WARM program, that is. Apparently, the city cannot help us at all. Their hands are free and clear from us. We have called the mayor's office and have not heard anything. Reporters have called the mayor's office as well, not heard anything. And I've got pictures here of the uh, disasters. So this is not some minor problem. This was a major leak here. And it's a matter of, so who takes care of it? I don't have an answer to that, but it's really interesting. Insurance companies, not us. City, not us. Nobody's covered for this. So what do you do? Okay. Somebody's going to have to come and fix this, too, at some point. Of course, this has got to be fixed to make sure these people have water. But who pays for all the damage at this point? Who's responsible for that? And that's what needs to be found out. So that's where that story lays at this point. And I've received some notes from a few people who are in that area, and all I can do is give them my sympathy. I don't know who else has the answer here. 
when it comes to paying for all this damage. And a lot of people don't have the money to pay for this kind of damage. All right, next story. Also a Cowboy State Daily story. So I got several notices from people in the past couple of days that Cynthia Lummis voted in favor of a carbon tax. Well, Cynthia Lummis says, no, I did not. I'll explain that in just a bit, but Rose is on the phone. Morning, Rose. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? All right. So Judith and I went to the Natrona County Republican Party Central Committee meeting last night. Okay. It was supposed to be, uh, we were supposed to be guests and not able to say anything, but actually they allowed us to, they allowed questions from the public, which was really kind of nice. But while listening to those discuss some of the discussions in there from the members, it sure sounded like there was a lot of Democrats that were representing us. Okay. Who's supposed to be Republicans. So Ross Schriftman had an abortion resolution that he wanted adopted by the members of the party. And there was a question while they were discussing, you know, the adoption of it, whether he should read the resolution. And there was some outcries from the from the crowd of no, and Judy said yes, she'd like to hear it. So he ended up summarizing it, but Tom Jones from Precinct 8-4, uh, which is actually my representative, um, he turned around to Judy and actually said, why don't you shut up? So he's an elected member that's suppressing a private citizen mm -hmm. or attempting to. Right. Why shouldn't um, we hear every little bit of something that they plan to vote on? Yeah, and he even got he got mad when they did start uh, when they started when he started when Ross started summarizing. He got up and left the room, <laughs> throwing kind of a temper tantrum. It was okay. a little funny. So the the thing is, is that the the platform of the Republican Party it already has all all these provisions in it. I, I can read it. It's pretty short if you'd like to hear. Mm -hmm. If you can hit the bullet it, points. Okay. They believe the unborn child has the fundamental right to life and cannot be infringed. Believed we should outlaw abortion unless life-threatening. Believes adoption is preferred alternative to abortion and supports legislation that would encourage adoption and protecting adopting parents. Believes we should support protection of the unalienable right to life from conception to natural death. That's what it says. Mm -hmm. And then here we're having to redefine all this and more verbiage because we it, it, there's a bunch of rhinos in the room amongst the elephants okay it did end up passing okay okay right. so now that's just a resolution though right yes okay but it was passed it was adopted hmm. on, on their vote so okay I, i'm not sure how all of that works uh, i'm just learning this this was the first meeting that i ever went to but it was a little surprising to hear some of the language in the discussions and there. Like I said, for a Republican Party, there was a lot of Democratic thinking in there. Yeah, well, I do tend oh, to find we're supposed to be the most Republican state. And I do tend to find that a lot of the Republicans are probably in the wrong party, but they became Republicans so they can get elected. I do think so. I know why we're clarifying, you know, stuff that we should already know. But it, it is live on Facebook if anybody wants to listen to the meeting on Natrona County Republican Party. Okay. 
there was a live video taken. All right. All right. right. Thank you, Rose. Appreciate it. Triple eight ninety seven Woods phone number. It's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Some people are like slinkies. They have no real purpose, but it makes you smile when you push them down a flight of stairs. Sure, this show is sustainable. We sequester all gas emissions to one room. Wake up, Wyoming, with Len Woods live on AM ten thirty and FM ninety five point one weekdays at six. Nine a time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, you can do what Rose just did. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Mike is in Leeds, South Dakota. So he just told Judy to shut up and could still walk off. Yeah, I know. See, they're in a public meeting, and some politician tells Judy, yes, our Judy from Mills, Wyoming, to shut up. How is he not in intensive care or something like that? I just can't imagine how he survives. Probably why he left the room early, knowing he had made a mistake. Mike and Wheatland, hi, Glenn. I find it rather ironic that we are paying even higher property taxes on the basis that the city needs more money to upkeep infrastructure. Yet the infrastructure fails. Is that not their problem? And he's talking, I believe, about the story that's in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I'd like to know some more of the details on that. I I really would. I don't know what all the details are on that. And it's one thing, so the infrastructure fails. This is a water pipe. And if it's the city's water pipe, the city has to fix the water pipe, and they will do that. But what about the damage done in the home? The houses that were damaged, who has to pay for all of that? And that's where the dispute comes from. So, okay. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Hang on. I had a story up here. And I hit restore because the Windows thing just sort of crashed on me. You can go back down over here. Okay. So, one of the stories I have. Uh, story I found on Cowboy State Daily. I did get a couple of notes from people over the past few days. Did our Senator Lummis just vote in favor of a carbon tax? The Wyoming Freedom Caucus says she did when she voted for the Prove It Act. Now, your Senator Lummis says, no, that's not what this is. And so there's a bit of a disagreement on what the Prove It Act is. Uh, four, four Republicans, as in one, two, three, four Republicans, supported the bill, including Lummis. Senator Lummis explained the bill will protect Wyoming from foreign tariffs. She says Wyoming set the bar in terms of environmental standards, especially compared to other countries. The Prove It Act would show the superior production U.S. goods over those of uh, global competitors' emissions. Here's why I have a problem with it, though. Uh, quit acting like CO2 is a pollutant. We don't need to, We have lower emissions in you. We don't need to prove that. We need to make the argument of what is actually the true science in this, that CO2 is not a pollutant. We don't need to sequester it, anything like that. If other people want to go ahead and believe that, that that's their mistake, and we should be happy to explain their mistake to them. See, I'm not in favor of appeasement on things like this. That's why I don't like the whole idea of carbon capture and stuff like that. Quit trying to show them we have low emissions. Just flat out explain it. Without CO2, this is a dead planet, and we could actually use more of it in the air. And no, there's no climate crisis. Explain that. We don't need to prove it to anybody else. So in that case, although I don't... 
I know that she doesn't believe in the cult of climate change thing, but okay. I have to take a closer look at the bill. You can as well. The story I have is up on the Wake Up Wyoming site. If you'd like to read the story and click on the bill itself to read what it says and decide whether she voted for a carbon tax or not. Now, also, Barrasso and Lummis have made the argument that bump stocks don't make guns automatic and the ATF should stay out of it. Now, this is a interesting argument. Story says Wyoming senators are teaming up with Laramie-based firearm law experts arguing the federal government cannot tighten gun control laws without congressional action. Senator Barrasso and Cynthia Lumbus filed an amicus brief Friday in the U.S. Supreme Court uh, Garland versus Cargill. That's not just a anti-gun rights argument. It's also the latest, according to Cowboy State Daily. Several recent attempts to chip away at the executive branch's authority in order to interpret laws it, it prosecutes. So Congress, not the executive, is responsible for making law, the brief says. Yeah, so it's not Congress makes the law on something like this. The bureaucracy just doesn't suddenly decide that bump stocks make a gun automatic and add that in as a rule. They have to go through Congress to do that. All right, now, I just want to make sure I get this before I go ahead and pick up the phone and answer this call here. So, according to Rose, at the meeting last night with the Republicans that were there, somebody told Judy to... Shut up. And that person is not in intensive care. Hey, Jude. <laughs> Rose did a good job of the intro. I'm I'm still mulling over all the events of last night, but uh, one thing is for sure when, uh, let me grab his name. Um, when Ross was talking about the right to life bill, um, yeah, it was Tom that got really mad at me, and he turned and looked at me and told me to shut up. Okay. And I just told him to piss off, you know, because I, <laughs> okay. I don't let people like that bother me. But um, the fact is, is they were trying to pull a, a, a shifty on this Ross. Okay, when he read his deal, uh, the amendment or whatever it is, he said for adoption, okay? And that's what everybody, in the, most of us thought. That when the guy asked, or this uh, McGinney asked for uh, votes on it, we all thought we were they were voting on to adopt it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he tried to say it wasn't for adoption; it was to entertain the motion to look at it and debate it. Okay, and that was what the big fuss was about. And that's how come Tom got all mad because they wanted to kill it right up. Well, it was kind of weird because when you look at the room, you got your right side, your left side, and then you got the middle. Okay, and I was really disappointed in some of our officials that wanted to uh, not adopt this. It was it was kind of sad to see, and I'll tell you more about it on Friday after I mull it all over. But anyway, it was to adopt it, and that's what happened. It, it's to adopt it, not just read it over. And that's the problem with the Republican Party. There are two factions in it right now here in Toronto County. That was evident last night. And like Rose said, that was the first time she and I had ever attended one of these things. And I'll tell you what, I wasn't impressed. You know, you got you got uh, one side that wants to say they want to be conservative, but they don't vote conservative. Okay? 
and then you got the other side that is conservative, and then you got your middle guys. Okay, the middle guys are like, uh, well, we need to build a platform here that will accommodate everyone. Well, the 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 right side, they're not going to allow that. This is a little click. I could tell that last night who was in the click and who wasn't. So I was kind of disappointed with that. And I look forward to uh, going to some more of these. But they couldn't even decide whether they wanted to meet every two years. I don't know mm. why you would wait so long. I think you ought to meet once once or every six months right. just to keep people on par and figure out who's running for offices, right? During an election year is what I'm saying. Okay. And then once a year after the election's done. Just so that everybody stays on the same page, but right. I'll tell you what, it, it was it was shocking. Yep. It was absolutely shocking. All right, thanks for calling in, Jude. I got to run for news time coming up on local news, weather forecast, more open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. Covering world-ending catastrophes for years to come. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Find content, chat live, and listen on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 9.36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, so 888 woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. I'm not really surprised that I'm going to have to read this. Remember, uh, uh, Biden just recently stopped exports of liquefied natural gas. Okay, this is going to cause some problems abroad, all because of the belief that we're in the end times apocalypse of a climate change. So put on your respirator and let's fix that generator. While we're out, we'll mend our fences, too. See, I'm not afraid of dying. Just got reasons for surviving. I want one more day in the apocalypse with you. So, it's such a sweet song, isn't it? Yeah, okay, so let's take a look at what's going on here. Uh, we have to reach, of course, net zero by a certain time. Here, the headline, Europe faces the chill as Biden freezes new liquefied natural gas export permits. Coal-fired electricity generation was, uh, well, they talk about the price of it here. October up 1% from the same period in 2022. They're actually using a little bit more of this. Total thermal coal exports per metric tons were up in Europe. Okay, this is where they tell you they're going to quit using this stuff. But they keep using more of it because wind and solar hasn't been working for them. But still, though, they would like to use natural gas. Because it's a great, it's not only affordable, but it's very clean to use natural gas. And the story says emissions from coal electricity generation also hit new heights for October 2023, topping 7.85 billion tons of CO2 and equivalent gases and so on during that same period. But, again, that's that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. So even though they keep having these summits where they say, we're going to reach net zero, and yet they keep using more of this stuff and putting more CO2 into the air. Well, this is government for you, right? All right. So the Biden administration on Friday imposed a moratorium on approving new leases to export liquefied natural gas from the U.S. while it scrutinizes the impact on climate change. The freeze 
which is going to cost a lot of jobs and hurt our economy here. Well, in beyond from today beyond 2027, Europe was all lined up to use our natural gas. Remember, they were getting natural gas from Russia. Then the whole Ukraine thing happened. And a lot of what they do to create electricity is natural gas. Americans received a preview of the second Biden term on Friday, the story says, when the president halted permits from new liquefied natural gas. The pause on new liquefied natural gas approval sees the climate crisis for what it is, an existential threat, said Biden. Okay, in the meantime, here in, over there in Europe, they're having a bit of a problem with their grid. It is good that they're using more coal and putting some nuke plants back online. They have to. But they still have an energy problem because they were working on the reliability, so they thought, of wind and solar. But wind and solar is not doing what it was promised. It's not reliable energy. It's also not clean or green, but okay. It's not reliable. It's also not affordable like they promised. And since they can't get natural gas from Russia right now, they were taking natural gas from us. Well, the global demand for natural gas is expected to increase 46% in the next few years. And here in the United States, we have plenty of it. Now, that includes India, Indonesia, Vietnam, Philippines, all wanting to turn on natural gas power plants. And they were going to get a lot of that in part from us. So think about, we, we could be making a lot of money or providing a lot of jobs, making a lot of money by extracting natural gas, liquefying it, and then sending it overseas uh, over both way. I mean, Atlantic and Pacific Ocean, selling loads of this stuff. This would be great for our economy. This would be great for jobs here in America. And those countries certainly could use reliable energy. Well, Biden administration just shut all of that down. So once again, this to me, this is uh, the same kind of thinking when we look at our southern border and the mess that is there. Uh, just fix it. Just close the border down and start sending people home. That's all you have to do. So when it comes to energy, it's real simple. Let the free market choose the most reliable form of energy. Do not overcomplicate this. And yet at every turn, let's shut down more coal power plants. Let's do whatever we can to try to impede drilling and digging. But you heard Biden, when he was running for office, even promising young people, oh, we're going to shut down all. He calls it fossil fuels. You know, We're going to shut all of that down. Well, it, it, this is exactly what he's trying to do. So I would love to, I'm not, a, I'm not sure how this works, but I would love to see the natural gas industry start to start by just suing the Biden administration. Oh, by the way, these countries that want this natural gas, they're going to get it from somewhere. Now, wouldn't it be great if they bought it from us? Jobs, economy, you know, they're going to get it from somewhere. If they don't get it from here in the United States, they're going to go somewhere else to get this liquefied natural gas. So really, Biden hasn't stopped anything in his fight against climate change because these European countries are going to get desperate and are going to start searching the marketplace to find it somewhere. 9.42 is the time. Hello. I finished my free trial of adulting. I'm no longer interested. I'd like to keep...
cancel my subscription. Is there a manager that I can talk to? Admit it. You were hoping somebody would say that. Glenn Woods, he talks to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 48 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box to talk to Frank Gambino. So you fly often, huh, Frank? Enough, I think, yeah. Yeah, okay. So imagine there you are just sitting there waiting for the plane to get backed up. And somebody decides just to go ahead and open up the door. You know, and I would hope that everyone on board would kick that guy in the head. Yeah, they did the opposite of that. Uh, Mexico City International Airport. A man opened the emergency exit, walked out on the wing of the plane that was parked and waiting. The airport said the man had been turned over to police. The passengers, when he walked out there, laughed and applauded. That's dumb. Yes. I would have I done this. Yeah. Close that door uh-huh. and let you stay out there. Yes, while the plane takes off. No, just just get up, just get yeah. out of the way. Yeah, just. I am yeah. tired of people who are losing their minds mm-hmm. at airports and, in, and on planes. Yeah. If you're not he- mentally healthy enough to fly, don't. Yes, okay. And don't hear to me. Uh, oh, I didn't take my medicine. Yeah, I want to hear that either. When I because he- you're inconveniencing. Oh, everybody. Major else. Yeah. and sometimes, Glenn, in, in in your personal the aircraft, the safety of the aircraft. Yeah, is yeah. at the mercy of these idiots. Well, here's what I've also thought every so often. I see one of those videos, you have too, I'm sure, of people getting on a fight on an airplane or something like that. Okay, here's what you have to do. So you have your seat, right? You got your ticket, you got your seat. Okay, go to your seat, sit down. Yeah. Buckle up and just sit. Don't say anything, don't do anything. Just enjoy the ride. That's it. Look out the window. That's pretty much what I do. Read something. That's what I do there, yeah. So for those people who get on board the airplane and they start getting upset and causing trouble... Sit down and shut up comes to mind, but which is one of the reasons why stewardesses carry duct tape. They do, and 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 those are the ones who get the most abuse. Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, unfortunately, that has to be part of their training. Yeah, but this idiot in Mexico goes out on the wing. Yeah, the plane's sitting there waiting to get in line to take off, and he just opens up the door and walks out on the wing. Don't know what his problem was. Was he looking for his luggage? I don't know. But anyway, the police got him. And then the plane was eventually... Now, for all those people who laughed and applauded, I bet they were not laughing and applauding at the the delay that this oh, caused. I'm, oh, yeah. That, that, that could have been a long time. It's yeah. not like, oh, he's he's gone. Yes. You know. Yeah. And then if I were one of the stewardesses, I would have stood up and said, anyone else want to do anything stupid before yeah, the, we the go? Door, the door's open, yeah. Men's college basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys take their show on the road to meet Air Force down in Colorado Springs. The folks are coming off that remarkable come-from-behind win over Colorado State on Saturday in Laramie, 79-76 in overtime when they scored the, uh, the uh, 11 points. They were down 11 with just over a minute and change to go and then tied the game at right at the end of regulation to send in the OT. So Wyoming 11-9 overall, 4-3 in Mountain West play. Air Force comes in at 8-11 and 11 and they have lost 6-7 of seven in league play. That's a 7 p.m. start from the Academy. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. On the women's side, the Wyoming Cowgirls with a gigantic game tomorrow in Las Vegas meeting UNLV. Cowgirls have won 7 of 8 in Mountain West Conference play on 12-7 and seven overall. They're riding a three-game winning streak. 
streak after a big road win over Fresno State on Saturday. UNLV may be, in fact, the best team UW has played this season, and they have won 7 of 8 in league play and 17 and 2 overall. The Rebels are the defending Mountain West champs. That's a 7.30 start tomorrow from Vegas. Boys high school basketball from over the weekend. First on Friday, and the Toronto got by Sheridan 68-64. Rock Springs as Kelly Walls 46-44. Cheyenne Central, the top-rated team in 4A, beat Cheyenne East 65-58. In 3A, Glen Rock over Newcastle 45-39. and 1A, Dubois over Midwest 71-51. Then on Saturday in boys play, Cody handled handed Matrona their first loss of the season, 56-35. In 3A, Douglas a big over Glen Rock 74-33. In 2A, Lingle, the top-rated team, a loss to Pine Bluffs 57-54. Midwest beaten by Upton 84-23. KC beaten by Wright 81-26. National Football League, the Super Bowl will be coming up on February the 11th in Las Vegas. San Francisco taking on Kansas City. There'll be one former Wyoming Cowboy player in the game, and that's San Francisco defensive back Deshaun Gibson. He has been in the NFL for a dozen years and finally will be playing in the Super Bowl. He had a forced fumble in that NFC Championship game, went over Detroit and six tackles in the game versus the Lions. He's played with five NFL teams and played with the Wyoming Cowboys from 2008 through 2011. Plus, he was an undrafted free agent. A few Casper High School athletes have signed letters of intent for college. Kelly Wall State champion tennis player Taylor Noakes signing with Colorado Mesa. KW All State soccer player Parker O'Neill signing with Casper College. And the Toronto track athlete and defending the champion in the indoor long jump, Bridger Anderson, signing with Black Hill State in Spearfish, South Dakota. And that's it in sports. So I was watching, you know, I like to do a lot of pilot stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some regional airports around the major Las Vegas airport where a lot of uh, private pilots with their smaller yeah, yeah, planes yeah, like mm-hmm. to park. And normally the prices for parking there and refueling there are not that bad until there's a major event. And then, of course, they have to raise the prices because they have to hire more people to take care of all the planes coming in, right? Yeah, it's like an FBO. Yeah, yeah well, uh, a kind lot of. pilots started to complain to the FAA because some of these people, oh, you want to park your plane for a day? That's going to be $5,000. <laughs> well. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, again, we understand you got to raise your prices because you got to bring a few more people in, but please. You know, I'd look at it, a picture when the eclipse was here in yeah. Casper, mm-hmm. the, the tarmac at the Casper Oh, airports, my Lord, yeah. Like a parking oh, lot. dear Lord, yeah. Actually, I would have liked to have seen it. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of at news time. Let's wake up, Wyoming.